DVMT is not a medical advice podcast. If you have somehow stumbled across the show while scouring the internet, googling your cat's leaky butthole, please stop the podcast and call your local veterinarian. Enjoy the show! Welcome to Doctors of Veterinary Medical Television, a show where two quote-unquote veterinarians talk about their on-screen counterparts. Except for this episode, because we're not talking about any vet shows. Hi, Katie. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm good. It's uh, weird to be recording again. I know. Um, it's, been, it's been a really long time. You'd think we'd be like organized for this episode. Oh, yeah. We had months to prepare for it, and once again... Not prepared at all. Story of my life. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about the movie Jurassic Park, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but let's let's catch up. So, um, what have you been up to, Katie? Uh, let's see. I started watching Law & Order SVU from season one, episode one. I'm trying to think of when I started doing that. Must have been in June, beginning of June. And I'm up to season 12 now, so I've had a very productive summer. That's, that's why I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> it's become a bit of a problem, but I can't stop, so. It's like ruined your relationship, but you and Marishka Hargitay, are you close now? We are. I do live in my car, <laughs> but thankfully I have the Hulu app on my phone, so gotcha. I'm still able to watch. Gotcha. What about you? What's new and exciting in your life? I would say nothing exciting. Um, I feel like this is mainly my fault that we haven't recorded in a really long time. Um, But I'll let you share some of the blame as well. I mean, I certainly never reached out to say, (laughs) should we record today? (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I was off clinics for a few weeks studying for my board's exam back in May um, is when I took it. I probably shouldn't say that because it's been a while. Uh, Took the boards in May and then uh, really right after that had to go on a trip to Tennessee to do some research um, back at the University of Tennessee, which is really nice. Um, And then I've just been back here working. I did find out I passed boards. Yay! So, so it was all worth it. Was now I can it? Now, now I can get into full-time podcasting. And how was Tennessee? Did anything exciting happen while you were there? I mean, not really. It was good seeing everyone that I hadn't seen in a long time because I did my internship there. So I got to see a lot of the faculty. Um... I really kind of had this whole food tour idea set in mind because I had all these places that I, I like to eat there that is not available here where we currently are located. In an undisclosed location. In, a, in an undisclosed location. Um, and so I kind of had this food tour mapped out, but that didn't quite come to fruition. I did stay with um, one of my mentors there. 
And that kind of dictated where I was allowed to eat or not eat. Oh, Just because I was sad. on their schedule. Um, and it was uh, a little bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> so was, why don't you give me maybe, like, a little taste of what was on the food tour and then, like, what you ended up eating. Well, like, again, I got to eat at all these places, but mm. just not as frequently as <laughs> I wanted to. Um that, Which is probably good. That just reminded me. I went home at the beginning of July, and I there hey, was. We're talking about me right now. We're gonna do a little sidebar <laughs> on me. Um, and there was there's basically one restaurant back home that is like the place that I have to go when I'm there, and I ate there four times in the like three and a half days I was home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> What restaurant is that? Uh, it's called Border Grill. It's like a California Mexican place. It's I don't know how to describe it, but like being that I grew up with it, it's just kind of the one place that I can't find anything quite like it anywhere else. So have to have it. What about chilies? Every single day. or Applebee's? Oh, those are a close second. <laughs> can't go wrong with Crapplebee's. No. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of ashamed talking about the restaurants that I was really excited to go to. Denny's? Yeah, mainly Denny's. No, um, not much better, though. The number one place I wanted to go to was this all-you-can-eat Chinese food buffet. (laughs) Um, Jeff, we are in a pandemic. I know, I know. (laughs) But it was at that point, they were saying everything was put back to opening back up. Masks weren't being mandated anymore, though I don't think in Tennessee they really pushed that hard. <laughs> um, but everything was open, so we were like, Let, let's go here. Um, and it was just as delicious as ever. Yeah. Um, and then another place we tried to go to was another Chinese <laughs> place. Uh, and it was not open. To our liking, because it was, again, another buffet that we were going to go to, and that buffet was not open, because they were probably, like, conscious of the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> I mean, I suppose in May we were all feeling pretty optimistic, and now it... This was June. June. It was even more optimistic. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens now. <laughs> Maybe that's where Delta originated, was at that Pro- Chinese probably buffet. Probably because of me in Osaka. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's technically a Japanese food place, but... Sounds delicious. Who knows? Um, I guess this is exciting. <laughs> Another thing with um, boards exam, and something we, I think, hinted at last time, is I've been growing my hair out for all of the pandemic, because um, I was afraid to go get my hair cut, and doing my uh, civic duty to not get my hair cut. Um, and so it was getting pretty atrociously long, and I, I don't do long hair well. Um, so it became like a running joke uh, with my boss that um, we were just saving it up to get a real cool haircut for my board's exam, which were being remotely proctored and like video captured. And we thought it was a real funny idea to have a mullet for said video it was my like safety net slash defense mechanism because like if i failed boards then i could be like well did you look at the video um 
didn't look like I was going to pass that test. What did you expect what, from <laughs> What me? were you expecting? And I just wanted to look that, like, reflected how dumb I felt afterwards. So we decided on a mullet. And uh, I think the world was very pleased with that. <laughs> it was glorious. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> and it stuck around for a much longer time than I was expecting. I too. am pretty disappointed that the transition back to your normal haircut did not involve a rat tail. <laughs> I know. And I know. And I, I, we talked about this the last time we recorded because it was... Did I have the mullet at that point in time? I don't think I, don't I think did. So. But, I told you the plan, and all of this got cut last time, but um, secretly the mullet was also living out a childhood fantasy, so um, growing up, my best friend and his brother had these beautiful, beautiful rat tails, and my mom would never let us have them. Um, It's a good mom. (laughs) Yeah, thank you very much, (laughs) Um, but I wanted one so bad, and she never let us have them, so... uh, Really, just living out that that childhood fantasy through this mullet, and uh, no regrets. Except I, I did go to Tennessee with said mullet. Again, it stuck around for a very long time. Yeah, when did you finally cut it off? Well, I found out. So like I, I kind of kept it as like a lucky charm until um, we found out about our board's exam like results, and so I found out. June 21st. So it was like a, a month and a half, almost two months of mullet. I went to a wedding with it. Sorry, Mallory and Karen, that I went to your wedding like that. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. I already saw it featured in one of the photos. Um, yeah. And so once I found out about the results, people are like, oh no, you can't cut it. And I I really needed to get rid of it. It was it was not good. That so, was a, lo- a lot of hair you had. A lot of hair, on. and then it's, it's summertime. It's hot, so I just needed to get get rid of it. So secretly, oh, also my mom came up and visited, <clears throat> and she told me it needed to go. So uh, she's really got your back. Yeah, she she does. She's looking out for for me since day one. Oh, yeah. Um, that's another fun thing. My, my sister and my mom came up for my birthday. That's right. So we got to hang out. I got to meet their French bulldogs. <gasps> what Bud are their and, names? Bud and Temple. Oh. Yeah. They are adorable. And also Henri. And I was quickly reminded why I don't have a dog at this point in time. <laughs> what about you? I feel like I've... I've live this life and I'm making you jealous of all the (laughs) things that I've done. Yeah, it does kind of sound like you've had a much more exciting summer than me. I have mostly been busy with research related things. We had a couple different projects this summer. Uh, Basically everything has imploded and none of the results make sense. So uh, That's research, baby! <laughs> coping with that this weekend. It's been really fun. And you're not uh, even drinking alcohol at this that's point. That's true. I haven't had alcohol in like 34 days. Not really sure why I started doing that. It's probably for the best at this moment. I think so, yeah. Yeah, this weekend might have gotten out of control if I was. But, uh, yeah, so trying to shift my disappointment into figuring out how I can 
finagle those results into some sort of a publication, but I think it's going to be not a fun process. So yeah, I guess that is how research goes and kind of reminds me that I don't exactly love research, but alas, here I am pursuing a PhD. (laughs) Strong life choices. Right, right. We did talk recently about how we're going to apply to go to law school together, though. Yeah, I did, like, I had been, like, dabbling with that thought or kind of juggling with what what do we do next after residency. I mean, certainly we don't get real jobs. No, absolutely not. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Actually, I did joke on the phone about going to law school with my, uh, like, when I was talking to my grandma. And she's like, oh, no, Jeffrey, (laughs) don't do that. It's only three years. Yeah, I know. And it sounds like a lot of fun. If it's anything like Legally Blonde. I know. It looks like a blast. She's having so much fun. And so we'll we'll keep you all updated (laughs) on our law school searches and where we're going to apply. Yeah, we should probably take the else out soon, right? Yeah, I think (laughs) it's about time for that. So other than research, um, you had another big life event come up. Your dog had a birthday party. That's right. The birthday of the summer. Echo turned four. So uh, what did we do for him? Not a lot. I did get him a new toy, which may or may not be related to him now throwing up for a few days. (laughs) Hopefully everything's fine. If not, it'll be documented on this that we're kind of giggling about it. He seems all right, but he has had some stomach upset over the last few days. Um, But yeah, so he got a new toy and he got to go on a fun park adventure and then played with some of his dog friends. And he got to have a pup cup, which is like dog ice cream, basically. And he was very excited about the doggy ice cream good um i will just say that i was a little hurt that i didn't get an invitation in the mail um did it not arrive i thought echo and i were close and it's totally on its way yeah um i keep waiting every day at the mailbox and all i get are bills (laughs) same yeah, he wanted to do something kind of small this year. He's just, because of the last year not being around a lot of people, he's just not super comfortable. So hopefully by five, we'll be back to a, a full standard birthday party for you. One can only hope. You've also picked up another hobby um, this summer or while I was on my off clinic's time. Um, you started sending me some motivational posters that you were making and I found them very, very uh, motivational and heartwarming. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, about that side project that you're sure doing? Sure thing. This was definitely a TikTok-inspired hobby that I picked up. So I started making motivational posters out of quotes from both my PI and my husband as well because they both say some things that, taken out of context, I find pretty humorous. Uh, so maybe I should look to see if there's any gems worth sharing. I can't remember any quotes off the top of my head. So we'll open with one from my dear husband, Dylan. This quote is, just be pleasant. Now, one from my PI, 
That's not the worst idea you've had. And these all have, like, flowery backgrounds or artistic script. They're pretty fun. Another Dylan quote. I think you need a hobby. And I think you found it. I did. Law and Order SVU. <laughs> Joke's on him. Now he doesn't get to see his wife anymore because she's in the special victims unit. You also have another hobby that we... Uh, I've talked about on the show previously, and then we went and did a thing a couple weekends ago. Oh, we really, really, really got into it that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for those wondering, we're talking about Pokemon Go once again. This is our Pokemon Go podcast. That was the experience of a lifetime. Yes, so it was the five-year anniversary of the app being released, and so they did their Pokemon Go Fest, which was a two-day weekend event where you got to do special things and get special Pokemon, which, um... We decided we were going to do together. It was quite the bonding experience. It was. My resident mate was with us, too. And she is our Pokemon expert, really. She was definitely giving me Pokemon imposter syndrome. But I did... Let's see. I'm going to just pull something up to show Don't you. Don't do it. <laughs> Why you got to be like that? Look at that. Oh, my gosh. So... <laughs> Part of the event is you get the chance to catch special Pokemon, which are shiny, which basically means they're different colored than the regular ones. And I really wanted a special one, and Katie caught the one that I wanted, and I never got it, and now she keeps rubbing it in my face, and she'll send me random pictures of it, (laughs) and her having fun. She also caught, like... 12 other, like, really rare hard ones to catch that even my resident mate, who's played the game for the past five years, hasn't gotten before. And Katie would be like, oh my gosh, is this, what is is this? this?" Like, is this a shiny? (laughs) I threw it away. (laughs) I sent it to the professor. So, uh, Katie's no longer allowed to go play Pokemon Go with us anymore, and, uh, life is good. Yeah, that was... I'm trying to think of how many hours we spent driving around. At least 12. I was going to say, I mean... Minimum? It was eight hours a day for two days, so 16 hours that we could be playing. <laughs> and, like, for a game that's designed to get you up and outside... I think I was more sedentary we, that weekend. We sat in the car a lot. <laughs> But we didn't want anyone to know how big of a nerd we were. Yeah. And there were a lot of other a... nerds running around that we made fun of. Yeah. Didn't want to embarrass ourselves. No. Because then people would know. It's true. That was a lot of fun. I wish there were more community days. You hear that, Niantic? <laughs> I know you're listening. Throw more events for us. And for God's sakes, will you put a shiny Bulbasaur (laughs) out for me? And that's enough Pokemon, okay? That's not why we're here today, Katie. It's a little bit why we're here. Why are we here today? We're here to talk about Jurassic Park, (laughs) which I watched three months ago in 
original anticipation for recording this yeah. episode. We had good intentions to record this episode for a while. So, I I have seen Jurassic Park several times, but I'm not going to lie, the details are a bit fuzzy. So, hopefully that comes across as entertaining and endearing and not just really annoying. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like most of the time we are just annoying, <laughs> so it's really hard to avoid at this point in it's time. It's true. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Yeah. They're going to leave us zero star reviews, which I forgot to bring up. We do have, like, some reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, most of them are just our friends. But then someone gave us a one star review with no comments. It just brought our rating from five stars to 4.7 stars. I... And I'm a bit salty about it because there's just, there's nothing. It doesn't say why. Uh, it just gave us a one star. I think it was an accident. I'm choosing sure, to believe that sure it was an accident. They're like, you're number one, so I'm going to give you one star. Um, because only fifth place gets five stars. They, they've got to be confused by it. Okay, so back to why we're here. Why oh, are we right, here? right, right, right. We're here to talk about Jurassic Park. And why are we talking about Jurassic Park? You told me to watch Jurassic <laughs> Park. Yes, that's, that is exactly why. I thought it would be, at the time, when we were originally going to record this, like right after I took my exams, um, I wanted to take a small break from veterinary medicine, um, just because I've been working so hard and I am lazy. So, um, I thought it'd be fun to watch a not exactly vet med related TV show slash movie. Um, and so that's why I went with Jurassic Park. So another reason I went with it is um, it is partly the reason why I got into veterinary medicine. What? What? I know. It's like, I haven't told this story before. Um, but I really liked dinosaurs as a kid, because, like, what kid doesn't like dinosaurs? Um, and I love Jurassic Park. And then my mom told me that paleontologists don't make any money. Um, and so I was like, what job lets me work with animals but makes a lot of money? And for some reason, <laughs> landed on veterinarian, which is wholeheartedly not true, as I am very poor right now. Yeah, your mom really, I mean, maybe better off than a paleontologist, but uh, she she maybe did you a little wrong on that <laughs> she one. She might have led me a little bit astray. Um, but that was like 20-something years ago, so. But here we are. So, we'll start this with a, a brief recap of the movie. Now, seeing as you watched it um, three months ago, I'll have you give the recap. Uh, there's a park. Good. With dinosaurs. Perfect. That have been cloned from DNA. And Dino DNA. <laughs> Dino DNA. In, um, what, insects that are in amber, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Am I right so far? Yeah, you're getting really into the details. <laughs> That's because I don't know that I know the general themes. <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to just I might tell pass my... the torch. Okay, so my recap is 
that a rich old white dude gets bored in retirement and decides that he wants to open a park with extinct animals. And then shenanigans ensue. That does seem quite accurate. Yeah. His... I mean, he wants... If it's not dangerous enough, he wants to endanger his own grandchildren. So he calls them to get involved, too. What a good grandpa. What a good grandpa. So the grandkids are there at the same time that just coincidentally all of these other researchers are there? Well, so, like, again... Real quick, uh, so the movie starts with uh, one of the workers. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! I knew it, damn it. Uh, no, so the movie starts with that one worker getting killed, and so like the whole premise of like the reason why they're getting these experts to come in is because they want to prove that the park is safe, and um, like that people will want to come to it. So they get that like lawyer dude to come, and he's like an insurance guy, I think. But then they get Jeff Goldblum to come because he's some sort of chaotician is his thing. He studies chaos. Um, and then they get uh, Dr. Grant, who is the um, paleontologist. And then uh, Ellie, I don't know her last name, but she's also um, a paleobotanist. This is all coming back to me now. Yeah, so they basically want the experts to be like, I like this park, it's cool. And then the entrance guy being like, it's safe. And so they got the kids involved so we could see, like, the demographic, or, like, they could see how kids would react to the park as well. It seems like maybe the kids should have gone after the insurance situation. Yeah, like they should have done like another dry run and then been like, let's see what kids do. I mean, listen, I don't want to, you know, bust his chops for deciding that his grandkids should be there at the same time. I'm just saying that maybe this whole situation could have been avoided. Well, he didn't think the park was dangerous. He was like all about it so he's like i don't know what you're worried about these, some serious these white little, man confidence yeah these little kids are gonna go and why are you scared and that's the summer <laughs> uh four people die mm-hmm. some people are injured mm-hmm. and then they get off the island yep i thought it would be instead of just like going beat by beat going through the movie um which i mean we basically did so that's the end of it but I thought it'd be fun to talk about um, situations that veterinarians could help or hinder in this movie Um, how do you think a veterinarian would approach this island I think most veterinarians would be very intrigued but maybe with uh, you know, probably a significant number of reservations. But I think we would all be curious and want to um, maybe not directly interact with the dinosaurs, but, you know, kind of see what exactly is going on. I think we're all curious about different creatures. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. This is actually a test for you. No, I agree. Um, I think like the um scientists in this movie a lot of them were like just because we can doesn't mean we should and yeah it's cool but also we don't know anything about these creatures like we don't know what it means to bring them back and the like 
ecosystem that they need to survive and how they would interact with man and I think um, kind of gives me a lot of like uh, people owning exotics uh, vibes and like yeah again just because you can doesn't mean you should right right and you shouldn't <laughs> and I'm just gonna say you should not yeah, that is a good comparison, I think. I just thought of that. Thank that's, you. That's very insightful. <laughs> Thank you. Should we dig deep into it? <laughs> we have to fill an hour. <laughs> yeah, I think that it is definitely a situation where, very interesting, I think anybody would want to go kind of see and explore, but... I think I would have that nagging in the back of my head the whole time, kind of like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> um, and maybe that's just because of the um, the music that they're playing in the background the whole time, but certainly bad vibes soon ensue. I guess my next question for you about the movie is, since you are our Jurassic Park expert, which type of veterinarian would you choose to work on dinosaurs? I feel like this is an easy kind of question, but let's see what you come up with. I think you've got to go with mixed animal. Wrong. (laughs) Continue. Mixed animal or food animal practitioner, don't you think? I mean... See, I was thinking more exotics again, um, and specifically those that work with birds, because birds are basically dinosaurs. They really are. Uh, they and really they are, are terrifying. I did have a serious fear of birds for most of my life. I, I agree with that. I, I think you should have a healthy fear of birds. I think everyone should have a healthy fear of birds. I've never known someone that owns a bird be like, oh, they're really friendly. Like, put your hand in there, please, and they'll just jump up on there. It's fine. They're super sweet and cuddly. Most of the time they're like, don't look at it. Look away. (laughs) Do not even go near that cage. If you hear a baby crying, it is the bird. (laughs) I had, during fourth year, a woman came in with a bird, and it was my case, and I went... uh, to get them from the waiting room. And I I think for some reason I was just bringing the bird back. I can't remember what exactly the situation was, but I just had to bring the bird from the waiting area to the um, treatment room. And the bird was just loose, sitting on her shoulder. And so I just had to then make it look like I knew how to hold a bird (laughs) and take the bird from her and then do you, excuse me ma'am do you have like a collar or like a harness yeah it would have been nice because i then had to walk you know down a couple hallways with this bird the whole time just thinking like this thing is gonna get away from me because if it starts freaking out i'm gonna start freaking out and just let go and then we have a loose bird in the hospital but thankfully it was a fairly calm bird at least, so it, it just hung out. Or maybe I was squeezing it really hard. You, and that's the thing with birds, too, is like, yeah, they're smaller than you. I mean, they do have talons and everything. Like, let's not forget those. But, like, they're also very fragile yeah. at the same time. And so that's another ta- terrifying aspect of interacting with them is, like, if you kind of look at them wrong, they could die. 
And some of those, I, like, found this out in vet school, but, like, some of those parrots and stuff, like, live, like, 80 years. And, like, if you kill an 80-year-old bird, like, that's been in someone's family for generations. (laughs) And you're like, well, um, the thing is, is that the nails are clipped, but also... (laughs) You'll never have to worry about it again. (laughs) It is dead. (laughs) And that's, yeah... I used to think, like, going into vet school that I wanted to do mixed animal and, like, see everything, but then I quickly learned, like, not birds, not, not exotics at all, but definitely yeah, not birds. I give major props to anybody that sees exotics on a regular basis, because that stuff just throws me off immediately. Yeah. They're odd. Odd little creatures. They are, and, like, none of them are the same, and, like... Yeah, that just seems like a lot more work for to learn all those other species. So yeah, mad props to the exotic vets out there. Um, and you should definitely work at Jurassic Park. Definitely, I've changed my answer. I now agree no, you, with I Jeff. mean you can stick with your answers. Um, I like I can see the mixed animal more of like the rugged down to try anything like that's what I was thinking with and improper facilities to do so right things. exactly that's what I was thinking no I, I get that vibe uh one of my notes was like ghetto research facilities was uh uh from the movie and that that does give me like cow vet vibes that are like okay I just need a rope <laughs> yeah it is always you know Part of the excitement is whatever the animal situation will be when you get out to the call, and the other part is what the facilities will be. So we're going to have to pause. I think we should leave it in. Because <laughs> my cat's going to freak out if he doesn't get his food. Oh, he's locked away from it? Yeah. And he knows it's time. Look at him. <laughs> so I think if a food animal or a mixed animal practitioner was involved, they would have at least... I think we could have avoided that first death in the first place. Um, Because I don't know if you remember it. Clearly, I don't think you do. I was just going to ask for... Oh, that was... Sorry. I got a text message from my feeder to also let me know that my cat has been fed. But kind of along the lines of the whole mixed animal or bovine practitioner, I think if they were involved from the beginning, like... Maybe this trip wouldn't even happen because, so that first death, which uh, I'm not sure if you remember or did you watch the movie at all? Why don't you give our audience a <laughs> yeah, refresher? I'll just, I'll just do a refresher, but the whole first scene of the movie is them trying to unload. I and, do remember this. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You want to take yeah. over in the description? Uh, no, you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, so they're trying to unload a dinosaur, which I believe is just a raptor. Uh, just a raptor uh, but they're trying to unload it from a tramp its transport cage and they're lifting up a gate and it like comes charging and hits the gate and like the chute rocks back and then a guy falls in between and then the raptor gets him and then is trying to pull him in and that one guy's like shoot shoot which is my one of my favorites <laughs> things to quote in that movie um but yeah so i think if a large animal veterinarian was involved from the get-go we could have avoided this i think we're pretty good at helping unload animals and load animals back up though it is kind of like the like sketchiest touch and go time of 
actually putting an animal in a trailer or just like you don't know how they're first going to react when you open that the back of a trailer um but anyway i think we we could have avoided that death also maybe told everyone to like lock the wheels of that transport chute i think that would have been a good idea yeah probably helpful yeah and i'm not saying i'm so good at remembering to lock the wheels on on everything but um there are others that are better at than i am but you're probably not the worst. That's true. I, I'm sure there's got to be someone that's worse than me. Someone somewhere. Somewhere. Got to be. For sure. I also, there's a scene when they're interacting with the brontosauruses. Sori. I don't know how to say the plural. Um, but they're like up in a tree and they're like eating leaves. And I think Dr. Grant makes the comment that they're like cows. Or think of them like cows. I'm like, hell yeah, they're basically cows. Well, they are browsing, so wouldn't <sighs> they really be more of a goat? They're probably a goat. Yeah, they're basically a small ruminant. I don't know they're... Do they... I know they don't in the movie, but do you know, like, the digestive system of a dinosaur? <laughs> I do not, but we should have looked that up. Probably. That's a good question. I'm going to say that they're ruminants. They're probably not ruminants, because they're birds, but... I bet there's some sort of fermentation happening yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But I would like to think that we could treat brontosauruses. I We for sure could. Yeah. You and I, personally. Yeah, personally, when we start that. Um... Before vet school, like, right before I got in, um, that's, like, when Jurassic World was coming out. Yeah. And I remember they had, like, this logo for a patch on a shirt that was, like... I know someone who has that. <laughs> that was, like, the Isla whatever, new Blar... Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> veterinary team or something like that. And I was, like, this is what I want to do. Um, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Because it was like, but it had like, it was from the movie, but... Did we maybe miss the obvious that a zoo vet might I said be... that already, didn't I? I well, I you said, said exotics. exotics. Okay. I guess I wasn't... I, sometimes I think of like exotics separate from zoo. Oh. In some ways, I I'm sure that. that they do too. And our school had the club that was like zoo, Z-E-W. So Ours zoo, too. exotics, and wildlife. Yeah. So when I say zoo vet, that's usually... I'm just lumping them all together. But yeah, like someone that okay. actually works at a zoo... Yes. ...would probably be the best. Yeah. yeah. Plus they would know all of like the best designed uh, enclosures and oh, yeah. everything. Because yeah. that's a lot of uh, exotics medicine too is like a lot of their issues from at least in the smaller versions, uh, mm-hmm. come from just, like, poor husbandry. Right, yeah. That's all I know about exotics. Yeah, I'd be like, you should fix the cage. I don't know how. Do a better job keeping this animal. Can you, can you just be better? Money, please. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I know I'm tooting the large animal horn a lot, but we deal with cloned animals, at least in our hospital. People do clone uh, cattle. Yeah. Expensive yeah. cattle. Um, and they don't always turn out to be the best specimens. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I think I think we'd be used to it, but um, I'm sure I'm sure those zoo exotics. I would I would call you for a dinosaur emergency, Jeff. I probably shouldn't. I probably wouldn't answer the phone. 
The next note I see is about uh, children being terrible <laughs> and not enjoying children being present during veterinary Oh, visits. no, you weren't supposed to read the whole thing. But, yeah, shocker. <laughs> I don't know. Like, as just someone who doesn't have kids, I don't really know how to interact with an eight-year-old. Did you just say that in Palmer's company? Uh, yeah, because he's an adult. I don't have I don't have kids. I have a grown ass adult cat that I feed and manage. Um, yeah, I don't have human children. Um, I don't really re- know how to relate to an eight year old. Um, and I know they've got really cool jobs that they like want to learn about, but I'm like, I forgot how to interact with people. So, I'm like, do you want to know how the room works? <laughs> And they just kind of get in the way a lot of the times. I'm like, okay, this animal is dying and you're just kissing it in its face right now. And I just just need to scoot on over. Excuse me. Yeah, I definitely think it depends on... Uh-oh. Is that that Delta variant? (laughs) Touch of the Delta. I definitely feel like it depends on the situation. You know, there's some low stakes appointments where the kids can be there, they can ask questions, and you can take time to explain what's going on. But yeah, anything where it's like a high stress environment, if if their parents aren't doing a good job of kind of keeping them out of the way, or if they're not old enough to recognize, you know, like where they should or shouldn't be, then that just adds a lot of stress to the situation. And I feel bad for making that comment, because like adult clients are just above them though like if i could just have no client interaction that'd probably be better ideal ideal um and that was like one benefit of the pandemic was like clients weren't allowed in the building and like clients are fine they just again get in the way so we deal with a lot of heavy machinery like tilting shoots and stuff like that i don't want to worry about a small child or an adult human Walking under the chute as we're tilting it. Right, right, yeah. It's hard enough to herd the cats that are students and keep them safe, and then we add a couple more people on top of that. I just... That's true. I do wonder if maybe you would be more apt to enjoy client interaction if you didn't also have the students all the time. And and maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, Still, no. (laughs) I think it might be better than having to kind of like tend to both, you know? Yeah, I think choosing one or the other. Um, It's just another thing too. Ideally neither. Ideally neither. No, I love love our students. That's not what he says when the microphone is. I love our students. (laughs) Um, That's that's why I wanted to do a residency was to teach, but... I'm so bad at small talk as is, and then, like, add in, like, this element of I'm trying to work in, like, what's going on with your animal. It just makes <laughs> makes it a really awkward conversation. I also, I don't know if this is true for you, but I it always blew my mind. You know, you'd have instructors during vet school, and you'd think, like, are you this out of touch with, like, the level of knowledge you had when you were in my position? And I can already tell that I've forgotten what I knew at that point as a student just based on what I've learned since then and most of that is because I've dumped a lot of the information that I have that I did learn in vet school and kind of replaced it now with what I've learned in my residency but yeah it's um 
I feel very awkward, like, that my communication skills have just gotten a lot worse. And they they did warn us that that would happen. Like, in, I remember, like, my first year, they're like, you're probably better at talking to clients than we are now because you're still very dumb. <laughs> like, okay. Thank you. Thank you. you. Um, but it's true because it's just like, I, that that is what helps make, make a good doctor, I think, too, is being mm-hmm. able to, like, not I, it sounds offensive when I say dumb it down, but like be able to not have like the scientific talk and be like, this is what's happening to your animal and this is what you need to do. Yeah, be accurate but still make sense in in common language. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're very good at it. No, <laughs> I don't really have any client interaction. So the only time I am dealing with those sorts of situations are when I get just random messages from people about their pets or their worms in their skin mm-hmm. yeah the occasional delusional parasitosis case that is insane i mean literally they are have mental issues but yeah that's i didn't think it actually happened but it, it's pretty apparently more often than you think <laughs> Um, so re- reason why we started talking about kids is I just feel like too, we've already ad- addressed it, that the kids probably shouldn't have been there for this first run. And also Dr. Grant and everyone could have made it in and out, zip, 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 if they didn't have to worry about those kids. Yeah, because even when they kind of got sent out initially, there weren't, like, they just got thrown into babysitting those kids. Yeah. Hell no! John Hammond was like, uh, and these are your responsibilities now. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, because Dr. Grant also had the same viewpoint as um, children. Uh, he was not a fan. (laughs) Well, especially when they're kids that you don't even know. And probably, I mean, we could imagine spoiled little brats. You're like, I am not getting paid enough for this. Yeah. I'm not getting paid at all. Which one of the characters in this movie do you think most reflects, like, a veterinarian... uh, Gives you veterinary vibes? There is a correct answer. (laughs) I am just gonna pull up quickly the names of the cast. Okay, good. Now I'm scared because last time I gave my answer, you yelled no at me. I mean... I think it must be Ellie, right? That's who I was okay, thinking Okay, good. Okay, for, finally you got one correct. Good I job. certainly identify with her because she's digging through poop And that all was day. kind of I like, mean, come on. <laughs> that was kind of my gut, like, go-to once you, like, see her elbow deep in a big pile of... We've all been there. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> but... Actually, in that scene, there is a veterinarian. I'm pretty sure they call him Dr. Something, the guy that's already with that uh, trice. So let me set the scene for you while they um, are are on a ride still through the park. And then they see in the distance an animal and a person, and the animal looks like it's laying down. So they all jump out of the car and find this triceratops on her side. She's been sedated, but she's having some issues... Uh, I remember they said her pupils are dilated, <laughs> and she's got uh, vesicles in her mouth, which I was immediately immediately like, foot and mouth disease. Get they, it out of here. <laughs> yeah, they better lock that place lock, down. Lock it down. Quarantine. Um, but yeah, Ellie just like jumps into that situation, and she starts like looking at it, 
And the vet's like, oh, really? <laughs> I was like, that's not a good portrayal. Um, but, yeah, I would agree with that assessment. Definitely. Gotta be her. Second place, I think, would be Dr. Graham. I think he would be a great vet- veterinarian, but I think kind of based off of what we see each of them do, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Allie. Yeah. Um, I guess a third place in my heart is uh, Muldane or Muldoon, I think is his name. Yes. Robert Muldoon. Okay. Uh, he's that Australian guy that's always like very uh, like concerned about the raptors and he's like the hunter. And I think he's kind of like the badass that a lot of veterinarians picture themselves being um does he die oh yeah he dies okay (laughs) but he's got he's got that style he's got those like mid-thigh khaki shorts with long socks it's a good look he's he's got a solid look i do think we should take a moment just to uh recognize that uh bd wong plays Dr. Henry Wu. Yeah, I forgot, and you were just talking so, about... Big Law & Order SVU crossover. Yeah, your SVU, and that was really why we chose to watch this, was Obviously. because your SVU marathoning and and this tie-over. He's actually in the new ones, too, or in one of the new ones. He's the greatest. He's not a nice guy in that second one. That's right. I haven't seen that in a long time. I should watch that again. He's kind of evil. And with the raptors, with Muldoon, they are slinging a cow in to feed them. And I was like, we have that exact same sling in our in our hospital. So he's he's clearly a large animal vet. Obviously. Obviously. That was fun to watch the cow get dropped in there. And eaten? Well, kind of sad. But I think just seeing it kind of like <laughs> it, floating through the air. It actually is just like gives me a little bit of like... I, clench a little bit just because I hate when we have to sling animals. Yeah. And so I don't want to say the word triggering because I think that is overused. Uh, well, well overused in like an in a... insensitive use yeah. of the word. But yeah. like it is, it brings back bad memories <laughs> of, of slinging things. So I just had to shout it out though. That, yeah. That we have that one. That you have the curious. same one that was used in a movie in what, 1980? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Top of the line technology. Now it's time to talk about the real elephant in the room, and <laughs> I guess that's kind of a poor choice of words, um, but this has really plagued me for a long period of time. It's something that I've dealt with emotionally for a long point in time, but um, the fact that I look like Wayne Knight. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, no, you do not. <laughs> Second of all... Maybe a good Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, co-workers for this Halloween were like, hey, we're going to do Jurassic Park this year. And I was like, let me guess. <laughs> you want me to play Dennis? And they're like, no, we were going to have you play Jeff Goldblum because your name's Jeff. And I'm like, Aww. that doesn't even make sense. I look like Dennis. I will be Dennis. Um, and... I just have a theory that all fat white people look the same, so uh, I think that's why I get confused a lot with him, or get that, that, uh, you look like him. Yeah, I mean, just because you have dark hair. Yeah, and glasses. I guess. I don't think you look anything like him. Thank you, I appreciate it. I would never, I, 
When you started talking, I honestly had no idea where that was going because I've never. Well, made so that like connection. I used to work at a, a Mexican restaurant, um, and there were like two separate instances where someone because he's also a character in Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh, is it Seinfeld? <laughs> it's Seinfeld. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's Newman. In yeah, he's phone. Newman, and like there are a couple times like on receipts that someone would write like Newman, and I was like, okay, hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Wayne Knight, you're a beautiful man. I just uh, want to be my own person, right? And so I'm, I'm glad I kind of got this out in the open with you because it's something I've been really struggling with for a while. I think part of it too, it. He's not a likable character. Yeah, so then it's sort of like, regardless of what someone looks like, I don't think I'd want to be told that I remind them of the most annoying character. Because also Newman in Seinfeld is infuriating. You're like, annoying. cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank I hate you. it. Um, though, watching the movie today, I did realize he's kind of got this like. Hawaiian aesthetic that I'm going for this summer mm. of like Hawaiian shirts and so I, I I'm not helping I'm not doing myself any services there but that is that is something I'm doing this summer is more Hawaiian shirts. I haven't seen any Hawaiian shirts because we haven't hung out. I only <laughs> yeah I really only see you in scrubs at the school. I like to remind people that I'm a doctor. Hi, I'm Doctor Jeff. <laughs> I'm Doctor Jeff, as you can see on my scrub top. That is not a Hawaiian t-shirt. I bet you could get Hawaiian pattern scrubs. It seems expensive. On our Patreon page, <laughs> if you would like to donate. My last question for you, and that's, I think we can wrap this up, is would you, Katie Martin, DVM, work at Jurassic Park? I think yes. I... Would be a little apprehensive, I think, just because I'm kind of a chicken about everything. But I feel like there'd probably be maybe some interesting parasitology stuff going on. I'd be curious to see if if these creatures would pick up any parasites from maybe other animals that are around, like the entire cow that was ingested. Oh, yeah. I think I would have to say yes. What about you? Maybe like an indoor job. <laughs> no, I think my childhood self would murder me if I said anything, but yes, I Rightfully would work there. So. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I do have a habit of signing myself up for things that I will regret in the future. Um, so I will probably regret that. We won't regret law school. No, for sure not. Um, can't wait for that. And then we can push legislation through... To allow Dino DNA. Dio, <laughs> Dino DNA to be used to create these dinosaurs. Incredible. And that's how we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say about this movie. Again, um, I feel like we built it up by not recording for three months that we were working on something really hard hitting. And it's not that at all. I think this fits right in with my new life mantra, which is under promise and maybe deliver. I have read the philosophy. It's not mine, but I've tried to start adapting it into my work that better is the enemy of good enough. And so, like, I can just 
turn something in, <laughs> it might not be the best product, but it is done. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure my boss would be like, but you should really try to be better. But, but it also, I think, is much easier to get to a point where something is complete and then later go back and make it into a better version than to try and get it to its best version initially. Right, because so, then you yeah. could, like, there's always something that you could change yeah. and you're never yeah. going to get out of the development phase. Sometimes done is good enough. <laughs> you're welcome for this episode. Yeah, um, it's a real honor. Um, that's a no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. That's a no. We'll try to not leave such a big gap between episodes. But there's really no promises. And it might even get longer. Yeah. <laughs> we, for real, are trying to do our best, but we, again, we're both in residencies now, and so we're going to continue to use that excuse while we can before we get into law school. And then we'll use that as an excuse. But um, until you start paying us more, we have to do these silly jobs. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for myself or Katie, you can reach us at dvmtpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at dvmtpod. I think those are our only Those socials. are the only things. Don't forget to like, review, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to. And don't forget to tell a friend about our show. That is the best way to build our followers is for you to recommend because we can't pay for advertising anywhere else. So And a gentle reminder that five stars are better <laughs> than one. And with that, I think it's time to end the show. Bye. Bye.